When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey parents, Tim Wright here, along with Dr. Michael Green for another episode of the Wonder of Parenting podcast. And today we get back to your questions. Uh, if you're ever interested in uh, sending a question to us, you can do that on wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. And there's a submission page there. Just scroll down and submit your question. We've got a number of questions coming up these next few weeks, all really good ones. And as always, when we do questions, the questions are very specific. And uh, we, just by the nature of the questions, use them as a starting point to talk about broader issues because we can't necessarily answer real specific questions because we don't help have all the information, but we'll do the best we can. And today is one of those questions that we'll get at in just a moment. Um, but we'd like to um, introduce you to a, uh, a new service that uh, enables us to help you go deeper as parents and uh, also helps us keep the podcast on the air. And uh, that's our new Wonder of Parenting community subscription service. And um, for $10 a month, Michael, what do they get with that? Yeah, uh, you click there and you go to Patreon and, and you'll get uh, not only helping us by donating to this because there are costs for the podcast, but you also get video clips from me that I put out uh, put on Patreon every month on specific questions, really drilling down specific questions, also policy questions that are, I think you'll find interesting um, uh, and, and then practical questions, and then folks can get blogs there. We can we can put a lot of stuff on there, and um, uh, pretty much anything we want, which which you'll be able to get. So you just that they Patreon is really nicely set up. You just sort of hook up to pay that ten dollars a month, and then you get this stuff every month. And if if you if all you want to do is just give ten dollars to support this podcast, then you can do that, and then you just delete yourself. So all you did is pay $10 a month. It's kind of a neat setup. Yeah, so what we want to do as, as we're kind of launching this is is encourage you to try it once. You know, even if everybody just did a, a $10 donation once a year, that would help. But what we want to do is just provide service for you. So if after the first month you find you really like what we're providing on Patreon, you can keep with it. If not, uh, it's very easy to cancel. And uh, as a little bit of an enticement anyway, I have just finished up a very brief ebook called Dad's or Dad Matters. Dad Matters. And it's written for dads to just celebrate how great dads are and it looks at some of the science that makes dads unique. And it's also written for moms uh, to let them know these are the assets that dads bring to the table. And we'll include that. And you'll get a link, and you can download that, and uh, and then you can pass that along to as many people as you want. Um, so just a way to kind of entice you to try it for a month. And that helps us immensely to keep uh, the podcasts on the air. But we think uh, more than that will help you because 
already Michael's got a whole backlog of really good, rich stuff on that uh, Patreon site. And it uh, gives you a month to kind of look at it. And then you can decide if you want to stay out or not. Go to wonderofparenting.com. And there'll be a little link uh, to Patreon or the Wonder of Parenting community, and uh, you can head on over there. So we'd appreciate that. It helps us, and we think it's going to help you a lot as well. And I encourage you to try that out, wonderofparenting.com, and head over to Patreon. Now, we've got a a very interesting question today, Michael, that at first glance isn't necessarily going to seem to speak to a lot of our audience because most of them are parents and um, parents of young children. Uh, but this has to do with grandparents, and um, we're, we're going to broaden the topic to talk about the gift that grandparents can play. But I want to start with this very specific question, because it is one that more and more grandparents are dealing with, uh, and that's when grandparents become parents to their grandkids. And uh, so here's the message. We are grandparents raising two preschool granddaughters, ages two and three. They are realizing that most kids don't live with their grandparents, and are really confused about why they are different. The older girl doesn't understand why the parents visit a few hours and leave, and she gets very angry, sometimes at us and sometimes at them, after the visits. They were four months and one and a half years when they moved in with us, and they transitioned well. But after two and a half years, we aren't sure if continuing parental visits is in the best interest of the girls because of the anger and confusion that follows. So how do we help our granddaughters cope with all of this? And again, as is true with every question, we can't necessarily give real specific advice, but there's some really important things in there. And uh, Michael, as you're kind of starting to formulate your uh, some of your response to that question, and then we'll go deeper into the importance of grandparents. I have a friend who uh, became uh, the father, so to speak, to his granddaughter. He and his wife now are raising their granddaughter. And uh, as he was talking about it, he said his wife has had to go through a grieving process because she knows that she can't be the grandmother to her granddaughter, which she's always wanted to be. She's got to be the mother. And um, the roles that grandparents play are so very, very different. And to have to be a grandparent now, being the parent to your grandchildren, um, is not only challenging for the children, but it's challenging for, for a grandma and grandpa as well. And this is a family that's experiencing some of that. So just what would be a few things, generally speaking, you might want to say to this couple, and, um, and then we'll broaden the discussion to talk about grandparents. Yeah, when I saw this question come in, it really touched my heart. I mean, you know, all the questions that come in are so wonderful. Um, this is, I think, the only one we've gotten right along this line. And, and, uh, and it, just, it just pulled at my heart because I can see all of like what you're saying. I can just feel in the question that here are grandparents that wanted to be grandparents. Now they're suddenly parents and they're doing their best to include the parents. They don't say what's happening, but maybe there's some kind of alcohol or drug addiction. There's, some, there's something going on there, which makes it so that the parents uh, can't can't parent for now. And um, and they're trying. They, they Their gut says parents should be with kids, but then the anger, and the anger makes sense in that age group, in that toddler age group. It would make sense. That's, that's a way that kids can register, that they're uncomfortable and don't understand why they're having this broken attachment with the parent. I don't know if it's a parent or both parents. So uh, in that situation, I think it's crucial that these grandparents um, seek out a, a counselor, might look under pediatric counselor, um, which would mean someone who knows how to work with kids, uh, or if that's not available where they are, seek out a really good counselor, someone who, who has dealt with this before, 
so that that counselor can meet with them and meet with the kids and figure out if if there ought to be, depending on what the legalities are in terms of custody and, and visitation, if there ought to be a pause, a hiatus in the visits um, uh, to see if, if the hiatus works better. You know, because we don't know from this how much anger there is. We know there's anger at that moment. We don't know if that child stays angry for a week or two weeks. We don't know that. Uh, if the child, if these kids are angry for that two or three hours when the parent leaves, then, you know, then it may be okay. But if those kids are really uh, evincing this anger for days and days at a time, that becomes worrisome. Uh, and so it's possible a hiatus may need to occur, a pause. Uh, but that is not something for us in a podcast. That's something for a therapist, um, and especially one who's good pediatrically, to meet with these folks and help them make that determination. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. So that's probably as far as we can go with that particular issue because we just don't have enough information. But I really appreciate, Deborah, you sending in that question. Uh, as a grandfather, uh, man, my heart just goes out to you. And uh, what that must be like, all of the, the issues involved, being grandparents and having to raise your grandkids and challenges with the, the mom and the mom or the dad, whatever it might be. And uh, so I just echo what Michael's saying, that uh, it would really be good for you uh, to find a good counselor, good therapist who can help you walk through those issues. And um, uh, even though it's a, it's a very different kind of relationship, uh, the gift that you're going to be to those grandkids who are now really, in a sense, your kids is going to be I I absolutely invaluable. Uh, those kids now have a good chance of, of growing up to be good, healthy kids. And uh, it's because of your love and your care for them. So good on you for doing that. Um, yeah. now I'm, I'm a grandparent. I've, been a, I've got five grandkids, uh, ages 10 to 4. And, uh, you know, everybody who, who talks about being a grandparent, how great it is, uh, they really are underestimating the story. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's such an amazing experience um, to be a 61-year-old man and have these kids just think you're the absolute greatest, that, that you still have the capacity to be loved and to love that deeply uh, at 61 is uh, it's really amazing. And for me, um, it not only changed sort of me and uh, probably up my oxytocin levels, but even the way that I related uh, as a pastor to other people and particularly the children, uh, my grandkids really had a profound impact on the way that I lived my life. Um, 
And, uh, and of course, I was fortunate to have on my, my mom's side uh, a great mom or a great grandma and a gra- uh, grandpa who were just really solid. They lived a mile from us. So they were very, very involved in our lives. I wanted to be like my grandpa all of my life. He was kind of one of my heroes. So I've had good grandparent experiences. I also recognize as a grandparent and as someone uh, who had uh, in-laws and, of course, my own parents when I was raising my kids, that it can be an interesting dance for grandparents and parents uh, and navigating children. Uh, you know, we as grandparents sort of, we, we've we been uh, to the rodeo a few times, so we kind of know how to raise kids. And we look at our kids raising our grandkids. We think, we you know, we, we could probably give you some advice there. Um, but I remember being a parent, not necessarily wanting advice from my grandparents uh, or from the grandparents of my my kids. So it really can be an interesting dance. And um, so, Michael, when you talk about raising kids, you always talk about these three or four communities that kids need, and grandparents are right in the mix. Yeah. Yeah, I talk about the three-family system, which is, uh, which is a tribe around the kids. And the, the core concept there is that if well, there's two sides of one coin there. If we have the three-family system in place, so we have some form of nuclear family, however that nuclear family is formed, um, then we have a wrap, wrapping around the nuclear family, we have an extended family, and grandparents would be part of the extended family. Um, extended family can also be you know, best friends who are also raising their kids who become like aunts and uncles or godparents to the kids. And then the third family is a broader social family. That's going to be church, church for instance, faith community. It's going to be school. Um, uh, you know, it's going to be larger institution, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, those sorts of things provide third family. If we have those three families in place, and sometimes third family becomes second family, you know, and there's a fluidity there. If they're in place, then then uh, one side of the coin is pro- highest probability that a child's going to turn out to become a mature, uh, healthy adult. Highest probability is with these three families in place. Not necessarily highest probability with just a nuclear family in place, um, but it's with the three families in place that you have the highest probability. The other side of that coin is that if someone is missing, um, uh, the three family system fills in. If there's a, a very often, of course, in certain areas, it's the dad who's missing, but you have these male role models these in the three family system, the coaches, the teachers, the uncles, the godfathers, the um, uh, et cetera. So you have, uh, and, the, and the grandfathers, you have them and they substitute in for the lost father. But it could happen with mother. Mother could be dead or gone uh, or, or, or could be in an institution or something. And so you have three families. It's that three family system that we can prove anthropologically leads to the best outcomes for our offspring. And that's also true of, of our kin, you know, other mammals, other primates. Um, so, so that's really the concept. And so grandparents, I, in, in, in the case of Deborah, in their family, the grandparents have now become the first family, right? So they've become the first family. Usually, however, the grandparents are more like second family and that's a sacred role and it's a crucial role. Uh, and, and the more that the, the first family, the nuclear family relies on the second family, the more that happens as is appropriate. The, the better, really, for the kids because they get this uh, these other approaches. Uh, older, you know, kind of slower maybe, quieter. Uh, there's a different rhythm to grandparenting than there is to parenting. Um, the grandparents 
there's kind of a grandparent brain, we call it. I have the wonder of aging as a book of mine on, on that relationship. And, you know, it's a sort of grandparent brain and it's a little different than a mommy brain or a daddy brain, but it's a, uh, it's a great brain for kids. They learn crafts and vocations from grandparents. They learn some of their purpose from grandparents reflecting, mirroring back to them, what they love about them. Um, they learn a lot of self-esteem from their grandparents. So yeah, it's, it's a crucial relationship. When I think about um, the relationship my two children had with uh, both sets of grandparents, uh, my my folks and uh, Jan's folks uh, pretty much lived really close to us. Uh, Jan's folks for half the year, and my folks uh, full time. And um, both of both sets of grandparents, uh, Jan's folks died fairly uh, early on into my kids' lives. They were seven, eight, nine years old, and. Um, I didn't realize the depths of connection they had with Jan's folks until after uh, her parents died and saw the, uh, the the kind of the trauma that my kids went through. Um, and I knew that they loved their grandparents, but I didn't realize just the kind of impact. Um, and we actually had to take my daughter through a little bit of counseling uh, as she was trying to grieve the loss of her grandma. And... Um, you know, as parents, you're just kind of, you're just moving along. Yeah, I love my grandparents, whatever. But my grandparents died when I was in my 40s. <laughs> so, you know, uh, for my mm-hmm. kids, they, you know, they lost their first set of grandparents when they were still kids. And, and um, you know, my mom helped raise my kids. And, and you, you when, when you're in good relationships with grandparents, um, they really, you're right, they really do bring a very different kind of vibe uh, I notice that with my grandkids, there are certain things that we're teaching them that we think are important that uh, for their parents, uh, it's not that they aren't important, but they've got so many other things on their plate. Uh, it gives us a chance to fill in some of the the blanks left there. Uh, and just to see the way that my grandkids respond to me and to Jan and, uh, you know, wanting to be with us all the time, it, it really is such a special relationship. Um, I'm intrigued with the grandparent brain. Can you talk, can you tease that out a little bit more for us? Well, yeah, it's a it's an older brain, and so its pacing is a little different. Um, uh, and, and by the way, I want to we want to say to folks that, but in saying that, in focusing on grandparent relationships, we're not saying that. Well, those of you who, l- like myself, my kids did not have access to my grand to my my parents very much, and right. I didn't have access to any of my grandparents when I was being raised. So we're not we're not saying that that it absolutely has to be, be your blood kin, right? Uh, right? Because a lot of folks live 3,000 miles away from them. It's it's that a few of those older influences. So for those who have access to grandparents, that's, that's that. But for those who don't, it's a few other older influences, and they can still get the grandparent brain for their kids. And so back to that, the grandparent brain has some qualities. One, the pacing is a little different. Um, it's not moving as fast, and that's actually good for the child you know because especially in lives when our kids are moving very fast in fact they're overstimulated the time with the grandparents can destimulate them um, the grandparents o- often will focus uh, on on a one or more specific task sets that they want to pass on and a lot of this is unconscious but if grandma is a knitter let's say um, she wants a lot of the relating time happens around knitting and even if they're watching tv she's meanwhile teaching her her uh, granddaughters and grandsons, you know, absolutely, to knit. 
Uh, so there's a craft that she's passing on. Cooking is a common one uh, that people will pass on. Uh, often with dads, with granddads, it's more mechanical stuff, though it doesn't have to be. Could be art, painting, you know, music. Uh, in other words, they're, they're they're focusing on some things that they're, they're they're relating to the child by trying to pass the stuff on to the the tasks and these crafts on to the kid because they wanna they wanna leave a legacy, and it's a it's um. I think for most grandparents, it's really, they don't get up in the morning saying, I'm going to pass on the legacy of cooking, you know, to my children because it's a legacy, but they're they're That's what they're doing. And that's part of the grandparent brain. They're seeing mortality uh, and they want to pass stuff on. And then also that quietness, uh, more silence. Uh, it's more common for grandkids to have more silence with grandparents, um, more silent walking, you know, in nature or just, like granddads, a lot of granddads just don't talk very much, you know, so, so that's just presence. And um, presence is an incredible form of attachment, actually. Presence and silence are incredible teachers. Um, uh, I, I have in, in a poem that I was writing, which I think I got this from somewhere else, but uh, sometimes God is telling us silence is our, is our best praise, yeah. <laughs> you know, our best praise of the universe is silence. So, so that silence is, um, when it occurs is good. And if grandparents are listening to this and they're trying to keep up with the kids' busyness, I I suggest grandparents come back to themselves and, and be more silent, be more lower stress, you know, be, uh, be accommodating, but also don't have to engage in all the digital stuff and all the busyness. The child really wants to drink from the well of that grandparent brain, which is a, which is a slower, more silent, more task oriented um, and just sort of a presence well lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you are not yet on our Facebook page, we encourage you to head on over to Facebook when the podcast is done and just in search, put in Wonder of Parenting and join our Facebook group and uh, we stay connected that way. And then, uh, as we mentioned today, we've started this new uh, Wonder of Parenting community where uh, Michael in particular is providing all kinds of resources for you on a monthly basis. And we want to encourage you to try it out for just one month, uh, $10. And what you get with that $10 will be um, all the different videos that Michael's been doing. And he puts a couple new ones up every month. Uh, there's going to be a link to the uh, book I've written for dads, uh, for moms and dads to read about the assets that dads have. And if after a month you decide, um, you know, that's it's not as helpful as you want it to be, then you can cancel your subscription. and uh, But every $10 really does help us keep on the air, and we appreciate that. Uh, but again, when you give, we want to make sure we're serving you. And uh, that's why we've created this particular uh membership community for you uh, because we want whatever you want to give toward the podcast uh, to really make a difference in your life. And uh, so you just go to wonderofparenting.com and uh, there'll be a link there to Patreon. And again, too, if you have questions for us, uh, you can use that uh, website to get a hold of us. Uh, Michael, as um, 
parents are thinking about um, the wisdom of the uh, of their elders, so to speak, and they don't necessarily have grandparents in close proximity, where would you recommend they go to find that sort of influence for their kids? Yeah, well, it, uh, anywhere where there are older people, like um, faith communities obviously are a great way because that's a structure where if people ask for it, pastors like yourself, uh, rabbis, you know, people are, are quite willing to connect up uh, like lonely or older people. Um, there are a lot of lonely older people who really want to spend time relating to kids. And so so any institution is is a place where folks can go. Um, uh, also, like, like, you know, instead of mom and dad volunteering in the classroom, now we're into a school setting, um, see if grandparents will be the volunteer on that day to go in and read with their in their child's school, you know, brings contact. But if, if there aren't grandparents, then who are these other, there are other older people in the neighborhood. There are older people in, in nursing homes, um, you know, the ones who are ambulatory and still have energy that's connect up with them and ask them to join our family and to volunteer. Um, uh, and they, you know, come over to dinner. Like we have a tradition, Jewish tradition is Sabbath dinner. That's a big thing, you know, it's a Friday evening. Uh, let's bring an older person over. And of course, you don't have to be Jewish to do that. It's just a, a neat way one night a week to be thinking about an older person in the neighborhood who has wisdom to pass on that the kids have sort of shown some passing interest in, you know, and have that person over and see if a bond establishes. If it doesn't establish, then that's okay. But at least give that a shot. So wherever there are older people, they are all around and we can invite them in just for one dinner just to see what happens. One of the things that's happening in uh, my world, in the church world, is uh, increasingly churches are rediscovering uh, what we used to do back when I was a kid, and that's multi-generational experiences. Uh, For the last 50, 60 years, we've kind of compartmentalized, especially our larger churches. The adults go here, the youth go here, the children go here, and we'd never see each other at these events. And now we're realizing that we've really robbed our adults of the joy and energy of the youth and kids, and we've robbed our kids and youth of the wisdom and faith of adults. And so there's a a movement taking place in many churches, and ours is one of them, where we're working harder to bring all the generations together for common experiences. And it, it just speaks to what you're already saying, how important it is, and cultures have known this forever, that our kids need a well-rounded view of the world, and that's going to happen not just with mom and dad, but with um, older folks, with uh, mentors, with coaches, and how important it is to seek those out. Yeah, that's really smart. I think faith communities are smart. If they can logistically do it, I think they're really smart to have kids in the services. Uh, I think it'll also add add to longevity of kids staying in the, um, whatever the religion is, for them staying in, uh, because they've they feel it from the age of two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They're there with all the generations and with all the traditions rather than being separated. So I just think it's great what you're doing. Now, um, even though having grandparents in the lives of kids is fantastic, and I'm a grandparent who will say, yes, please do that. And uh, I had such good experience with my own grandparents. My kids had great experience with their grandparents. But sometimes there can be challenges. And, uh, you know, mom and dad... Uh, you know, have a certain way or uh, of wanting to raise their kids, and sometimes that can conflict with what grandma and grandpa want to do. Any advice for parents on how to sort of navigate those times when it maybe gets to be a little bit wonky and, um, you know, grandma and grandpa oh, yeah. are maybe not quite uh, on the same page? 
Well, yeah, for I want to speak to both. I mean, any grandparent listening to this, our job as the sort of older person is um, is not to be dominant. We have to let go of dominance. <laughs> we, you know, we have to uh, trust our kids. If there's some crazy, terrible thing they're doing and they're doing something traumatic to their child, of course, we're going to say something. But otherwise, um, we got to let our kids raise their kids and we have our role. Um, so we got to not be dominant for for um, uh, for kids. They you know, they have to set boundaries, I think, pretty early. Uh, I do think it's really important for kids to assert their authority over their kids or with their kids. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think it's so, it's smart. It's strategically smart if the kids raising the kids say to their parents, look, you know, this is how I'm going to do it. But here are these things I would like from you. And this is what would really be of the most help so that the grandparents can focus on, okay, yeah, these are the five things my kids want from me. And uh, let's focus on those so that the grandparents don't have to keep asserting themselves to try to get in there. The kids are letting them and in fact, directing them toward what they need from the grandparents. So, uh, you know, obviously um, an easy example would be, I need you to look after the kids from nine to three every morning while I go to work. Um, uh, that allows those grandparents, and the boundary is set that from nine to three, the grandparents are going to raise these kids the way the grandparents raise these kids. And we're not going to hover over our parents and tell them how to raise these kids from nine to three, except for basic nutritional stuff, when to feed them, that stuff. Uh, other than that, we're giving them that freedom and they're giving us the freedom to raise the kids, you know, our kids when we have our kids and the boundaries are clear and we've asked them for the assets we need and they give those assets. I think that's a better way to go than the constant tussle where the, the you know, the kids raising the kids are not sure whether they should assert against the grandparents and the grandparents on the, from their side are constantly trying to push themselves in, even become dominant. Uh, that, that doesn't work. That's bad. Deborah, we want to thank you so much for sending in your question and kind of got things started here for us. And um, I hope that uh, the little bit of advice that, that Michael was able to give will be helpful for you as you and your uh, hubby try to navigate your way into being the parents to your grandchildren. And um, we want to thank all of you for listening. Hope that you will tell your friends about the show if you're enjoying it. And um, please go to wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. Check out our new uh, service for you, our Patreon. It's called Patreon because they're the whole site, but it's really the Wonder of Parenting community. All kinds of resources for you. And try it out for a month for $10 and see if you like it. If you do, great. If not, no no big deal. You can just cancel at any time. And uh, But for that month, you're going to get some really good stuff and encourage you to try that out. And that will help us too with our expenses for the podcast. Um, also, Wonder Parenting is on Facebook. Great way to join us there. And uh, if you've got a question, please submit it to us. Michael, thank you so very, very much for your time again today and look oh, forward to chatting you with you too. again next time. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Thanks, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.